Are you ready to get into the Word this morning? Go to the book of Jeremiah 29 and 11. That's been our foundational scripture. And uh, I'm, gonna read, I'm just going to read it off the screen because i got a, I got a bunch of notes here. Uh, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Say expected end. You know, you're not supposed to live life by happenstance. You're not. You're not supposed to live life by chance. You're not supposed to live life in situations to where you, you wonder, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? And the problem is, is we don't believe the word because the word represents Jesus. And the word represents God and the word represents the Holy Spirit. And as churches, we have to admit to this one simple fact that if we would have taught Jesus correctly, there would have never been any fear of him. And people are afraid of church. And people are afraid of the word. And they're afraid that they're, because the church has become married to judgment and condemnation and we were never supposed to be there. So when we preach a series called Got Junk, that is the crux of it. We have to clear the mess out. And and I fully believe that if you will let God pull things out of you that shouldn't be there, then it opens up a door for you to be replenished. Now the problem is, is a lot of people will come to the altar And I think that's great. And they'll receive and and let people lay hands on them and receive ministry. And those are great things. But what are you, what, what, when you, when you receive that freedom and you receive uh, all that stuff coming off of you, what are you filling yourself back up with? See, at the risk of sounding uh, almost prudish, if you leave here after experiencing Jesus, how can you go back and watch what you used to watch and listen to what you used to listen to and, and talk how you used to talk? And, 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 and not saying that you, you, you shouldn't, uh, I'm not saying that you should just disown people. What I'm saying is you should be different enough to let different show up in your life. And when different shows up in your life, something inside of you just desires more. I, I'm going to, I'm just, y'all, y'all were here last week. A lot of you were when uh, we, we made the joke, but it's really been true. The last uh, two weeks now, uh, my wife and my daughters have had me drinking this grass stuff. And, uh, and I've, I've lost a lot of weight. I've lost, a, I really have. I feel better. And this morning on the way in, uh, we stopped at Jack's and, and got Zion something to eat. And I got, I got a couple pieces of bacon and, and just, just a little something to eat. But I, after I drank my grass, I wanted a little something to get the you know, cow taste out of my mouth. And so, and, and I ate two pieces of bacon and drank that much of a Diet Coke and realized, yeah, I don't even like this anymore. It's amazing how something will take away the taste of something else. And, and it was amazing to me how sweet a Diet Coke was after not drinking those for two weeks. And now I know we can get into the, all the arguments about you shouldn't drink them anyway and they're more addictive. And that is true. But the point is not that. The point is this. One appetite does away with the other. And if you're hungry for Jesus, if you're hungry for the Holy Ghost, if you're hungry for his word, a lot of the other things that you have an appetite for begin to diminish. And you find yourself, you find yourself in this wonderful place where you just get lost in thought and you're dreaming again and you're focused on vision. And this scripture becomes true that you start thinking about yourself how God thinks about you. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of what? Peace and not of evil. Now ask yourself this question. When you live in a situation where God's thinking peaceful thoughts for you, but yet you're so frustrated with life and you, you, something happens and your first response is, God, why do you always do this to me? 
That means you don't understand who he really is. See, it amazes me the amount of religious people, and I ain't talking about spiritual people, religious people, that will, will, will always blame God, or God did this to me to make me do that, or God did this. God is good. Do y'all hear me? God is good. He's all good. Every part of him is good. And the only time things begin to happen in your life, number one, is to help you. I, I remember one time, uh, I remember one time, uh, this guy told me a story about waking up and having a flat tire, and, uh, <clears throat> and it put him probably 15 minutes late for work, uh, and he, he worked in a, a factory situation that was up north, and then that factory, believe it or not, the area that he worked in, while, while he was 15 minutes late, seven minutes into their shift had an explosion where he was, it would have killed him. So a lot of times, some things are, are working for your good that you think are, are, are pushing back. And, and God's always trying to help you. You know, we just, we just celebrated, and, and I hate to use that word celebrate, but we just celebrated a memorialized 9-11, the attacks on our country. Do you know the stories of people who overslept that day? They never have over, overslept ever in their career. Overslept that day and didn't make it to work that should have been in those towers. People that will tell you they called in sick, took a day off, just do something in here. You know, they say, well, something told me. They don't understand that it was the Holy Spirit talking to them. The amazing amount of people that realize God is always speaking to you whether you know it or not. And the only way to hear that is to clear out some of the junk. Now, I want to read a few more scriptures to you. Uh, <clears throat> let's go to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 18. I'm just going to read off my notes here. He'll have it on the screen in King James. Isaiah 43, verse 18. We'll start at verse 18, and, and we'll see where we go. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18 says this. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Say new thing. It shall spring forth. You shall, uh, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me and the dragons and the owls because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to, uh, to give drink to my people, which means he'll, he will break natural law if you will just trust him to get you what you need. I'll give waters in the wilderness to my people. I'll rivers in the desert. Uh, verse 21, this people, speaking of you, I have formed for myself that they, say me, shall show forth my praise. See, I really, I wanted to take this series and be, these are all scriptures we've all heard. The problem is, is becoming we are so smart scripturally, we just gloss over it and we miss what he's really saying. He's saying that he will, by your faith, not by his action, but by your faith, break Natural law, because that is what a miracle is. A miracle is when things are moving along naturally and they shouldn't go that way, but yet they do. And the only way one law can be broken is by another higher law. Now look, there is the law of gravity. Do you believe me? Everybody should believe me, right? Amen. There's a law of gravity. You don't believe me? Somebody climb right up there and jump. Who's first? <laughs> But yet you take somebody and you put them in an airplane and you get that airplane going at a certain mile an hour depending on that plane. All of a sudden that plane hits what's called lift. The law of lift, because it's a higher law, breaks the law of gravity. Did gravity go anywhere? But did the plane go somewhere? 
So it's two laws walk, uh, working. Uh, they're still there. They're still in action. It's just somebody has learned to operate a higher law. Now, we see that as, as it just, well, you know, it'd it, it have to be God. Well, we, we're clearing out the junk, which means I'm trying to get you to think differently. It's not just an issue that it has to be God. We all know God can do all things, right? What he can't do is he can't make you go against your own will. So, and April did a great job of talking about that in the team meeting this morning. So what you got to understand is that your will has to line up with what he's already said about you. If you can get your will to line up to where your mouth is saying about you what God says about you, you're now hitting lift. And you're breaking away from everything that's holding you down. See, we have to stop this mindset that, God, well, God's in control. If he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that he can, he can put into your life what you can believe him for. See, a lot of people, and, I, and I'm just going to take this medicine for myself because I'm a word of faith guy, okay? In the word of faith, for a long time, we got it wrong. It, it came off as we were all about money, watches, planes, and Cadillacs. That's how it came off. Well, what we did is we figured out that God said we were prosperous. So we started talking about it. And it, and it, it, it got manipulated and it got used the wrong way. However, it doesn't change that God wants to make sure you have plenty. Are y'all okay? Y'all want to stay po? <laughs> I learned, we were in a single wide trailer. How many kids we have in that trailer? Five kids in that trailer. Five kids in a single wide trailer. <clears throat> Some of y'all think y'all have, <laughs> have a rough day. But April, April, it was fun. Like she made everything fun. But, but we got a hold to the fact that God wanted us to prosper. Now, please listen to what I'm about to say. Because the minute I said prosper, somebody tuned me out. But listen to what I'm about to tell you. We got a hold to that, and we went into prayer. Now, here's the key. We went into prayer, and we wanted to prosper. We wanted to do better. God, we don't have enough bedrooms for these kids. You said you'll meet me where I'm at. This is where I'm at. All of a sudden, he started talking to us, and he said these exact words, believe me for a home and believe me for a debt-free home. We called prayer lines, and we called. We, we were new. We didn't know all this stuff. We, did, we, did, we weren't in any denomination at that time. We didn't have any teaching. April called one pastor, uh, and he thought she was insane and said she needed several loving, loving counseling sessions. Remember that? She told her straight up, she said, y'all are crazy. Y'all are going to hurt your children. You're going to damage their faith, and you need counseling sessions. And, uh, but we had heard God. And see, of course, I don't want to go into the whole story, but, but supernatural set of circumstances. We ended up moving into our home. We were there uh, seven months and, and were able to pay it completely off, debt-free after seven months. Now, that's an amazing thing. However, all we did was hear something. We think this is hard. Do you know that the hardest part of your Christianity is you being quiet? You've got to learn to listen. You've got to learn to expect. You've got to learn to hear. You've got to learn to see things his way. The Bible says that he wants you to, uh, to remember not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Yet when you start believing, listen to me, when you start believing God for something, the very first thing you do is start convincing yourself of why you can't have it. 
But yet in Isaiah, he declares to you, hey, don't think about that. Just, just, just don't think about that. This is why you can't go into a new relationship with Willie and still carry all your hurt from Fred. Because it's easy to start something new. It takes the anointing of God to break something old. Because it's old stuff that hangs on. It's old stuff that doesn't work properly. It's old stuff that's rusty and jagged and hurts more. It causes more pain. You can get cut with a new knife and you can get cut with a rusty knife. You get cut with a rusty knife, it's going to cause more problems. You got to go see a doctor. You got to get a shot for this. This could have gotten your bloodstream. This could have contaminated and get to where? Your heart. Y'all okay this morning? Because we, we really have to see that it's not about just clearing out the junk. It's also thinking right. You have to learn whose voice in your life you need to be listening to and whose voice in your life you need to stop listening to. I learned a long time ago when I first got saved and come out of that world of drugs, I wanted all my friends that I did dope with, I wanted them all to have Jesus. And, 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 and I would go back up there, and God was gracious, and, and I had opportunities. But the truth is, you find out real quick that all them folks ain't your friend. You just happen to be the guy with the peel-off. Y'all know what the peel-off is, don't you? you? You're the guy that can walk in and peel off some money. That's who you are. You realize real quick, when you ain't there showing up with money, they ain't your friend no more. Well, then all of a sudden, you move into a place where, where you're living life different. Now, I'm just going to be, I'm telling you a lot of my stuff today, but this is real. The, I wasn't paying their fines anymore. I wasn't doing all the things for them anymore. So then I had no friends. And then, then, and then they thought it was all a game, and they would come and kill birds and put blood all over our door and throw them on the, the porch until they, they, were, they were going to Satan to get me back. Well, he lost. And he didn't lose to me. He lost to Jesus. And if I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, then all they see is that blood. I don't even have to do the work. I just say what the blood says. Oh, y'all ain't listening. Well, you got to say what the blood says. The blood says, remember ye not the former things. Remember everything that you did. Take it, wad it up, put it over there. It doesn't exist. You are now under the blood of Christ. And under the blood of Christ, the only thing that exists is what Christ says. You've got to learn what he says about you. You've got to learn that he says you're the head and not the tail, above, not beneath. That he wants you whole. He wants your body healed. People get all tight when I start saying that. Oh, Lord, he's going to start calling us out. No, no, no. You, you, we should be believing God right here, right now, right where you're sitting for healing in your body. The most awesome testimonies to me are the people that say, I was riding in my car. And, and I was just praying in the Holy Ghost, and I was just talking to Jesus. And, and all of a sudden, whatever it is was going on with them, they began to burn. And, 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 and the next time they went to the doctor, they were completely whole. Those are the testimonies because that, there was nobody in between. See, we got to stop putting rock stars in between us and God. We're doing the same things that was done in the dark ages where we put man between us and God. And you've got to understand, should you be a part of a church? Absolutely. Should you be a part of doing something for Jesus? Absolutely. But should you ever put me or April in between you and him? Absolutely not. Because nobody can speak into your life like you can. Nobody knows who you are and what you go through like you do. Let me tell you something. April and I love you and we care about you and you tell us your stuff, but we don't know your real stuff. We don't, we don't know everything. Who you are at 3 in the morning, that's who you are. We meet the church people. 
I actually tell people now, I'm like, look, if you want to meet with somebody, you need to meet with somebody, let April come in. Because when people come in to meet with me, this praise the Lord, Pastor. Yes, Pastor, absolutely, Pastor. Well, that ain't who you are. At McDonald's, I was a big jerk. Because you ain't being honest. But when you meet with people who look you in the eye and want you to be real, you've got to be able to just throw it all up on the table. Because God wants you whole. Do y'all hear me? He wants you whole. He cannot make you whole until you make your words whole. There is a way to do this. And you can't, this is, this is why people, they say, well, I, I, I tried Jesus. You know, I, I tried that. I, gave, I got saved. And, and it, was just, it was just judgment. It was just hurt. It was just pain. I'm, I'm going to say something, okay? I got, I, got, I got plenty of time. I'm tired of looking at that clock. I, I got time. Applebee's will be opening in our area tomorrow at 11 a.m. I'm surprised everybody didn't shout. <laughs> Finally, a restaurant that'll be good for a month and go like the rest of them. Anyway, y'all know what I'm talking about, too. You're going to go in Applebee's or Bailey's Bakery or Ruby Tuesdays. It's not there anymore, but Waffle House or Jimmy's Egg. You're going to go somewhere. You're going to go to Walmart. You're going to go to what's left of our mall. You're going to go somewhere, and you're going to have a horrible encounter from time to time. And you're still going to go there. Yet church is the only place where you have a very slightly bad encounter and don't come back. But yet this is the place that's meant to help you. Amen. They're taking your money. We're teaching you how to get more. <laughs> they're, they're, they're take, listen, they're taking your energy. I've watched some of y'all walk around Walmart. I don't even go anymore. I, I, I'll tell She said, oh, you want to go spend the day with me? I'm like, yeah, I do. I, well, you know, I got to go to Walmart. Sorry. <laughs> I, I love you. Call me when you're done. I can't go in there. It tests my faith. <laughs> it does. It makes me want to say things I haven't said in years. And I just don't understand people that don't understand soap. I don't get it. I don't. You better not go into Walmart at 3 a.m. You see things you can't forget. Think it's closed now, though, isn't it? COVID. I think the mask was the best thing that ever happened for a while in Walmart. You can't see some of that. <laughs> I don't mean that, Ruby. I'm trying to be as kind as I can. <laughs> April mercyed me. That's the first one. That means mercy means it's time to back off that and move to something else. <laughs> All right. Listen. Go to uh, go to Genesis chapter one. See, I'm, I'm going to stay, I want to stay on this because I really want you to get it. I, I want to, as you're going to Genesis chapter 1, I want to say something to you. God's original plan is still his original plan. Y'all hear that? God's original plan is still his original plan. God always meant for you uh, to dominate your surroundings. God never meant for this earth and this world system to rule over you. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created he him. Male and female, he created them. <clears throat> and God blessed. Say blessed. And God blessed them. Stop. Now, I'm fixing to mess with your theology a little bit. 
You want, you're not going to read where God, after that moment, cursed them. You're only going to read where he removed them from a garden. However, we moved into a cursed system. Now, I, I, I do this a lot, and I'm going to do it again today. Some of you have heard this a thousand times. Just bear with me. We really don't understand who Adam and Eve really was. Adam was the first Jesus. He was the first living embodiment of God on this planet. So when Adam was lonely, God had Adam. So God understood how Adam felt. God created Eve. So I'm not going to go through this whole teaching because I don't have the time. But I want you to see this. Adam was the download of God. If, if, God, if, if Adam saw an elephant, he said elephant because God called it an elephant. He said what he heard God say. He, he was the download. He was given dominion and they, God blessed him. He said it was good and blessed them. Okay? So now what is blessed, listen, please listen. Because Adam, <laughs> I'm going to mess everything up for you. Adam is, is God embodiment on this planet. Eve is the example of you. Eve is listening to a serpent that she had dominion over, but was speaking to improperly. She could have put a stop to that entire conversation. Well, why didn't Adam do it? This is my favorite, especially we'll go to a women's meeting and I'll hear this. Well, if Adam was a man, how dare you? He was the embodiment of God on this planet. He was watching to see if Eve was going to do this correctly. And Eve didn't deal with this serpent, so she ate of this fruit, Adam being the first Jesus. He had, y'all please, please see this. He had so much love in his heart, he saw Eve away from him for the first time. She had pulled herself out of that blessed state for the first time. So Eve is now over here. There's, he sees her, she's there, but he can't get to her because of a barrier. A barrier of disobedience and sin. Adam says, I'm going to get her and takes a bite. You don't see where he rebelled. Let me tell you something. This whole, when you read in your Bible and it says Adam's rebellion, mark through that. Because you will never see. You will never read where Adam rebelled ever. You won't read it before. You won't read it after. You'll read where he did something. But there's a heart behind it. And the heart is the love of Jesus to go get what he lost. But... Because he was man, he made the decision to go get without talking to God. The original plan is still the original plan, and it's very simple. All God wants you to do is talk to him and say what he said. Amen. Talk to him, say what he said. That's a, it's a love story. It's not a rebellion story, but it's a human love story. See, you, you know that person, uh, and, and, and I, I being a drug addict, and I've seen this in my life being a minister, you, you know that person that you, 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 you help them, you know they're going to take that money and go buy alcohol or dope, but you, you help them because you just, I, just, I, just, I just can't take it. I just got to help them. That's human compassion. That's what Adam was wrestling with. Spiritual compassion will say, no, 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 no. We're going to break this in Jesus' name. And they'll disappear because they don't want to hear you say that. But that is the embodiment of all these thousands of years later where that has grown. Are y'all okay? I know I'm going a little deeper than normal, but that's okay. 
You have to see who Adam really was. Jesus came to pull you back, to give you an opportunity to seek and to save that which was lost, to give you an opportunity to go back before the throne and say, hey, what is it you said about me? Because you could stand in these altars and you can hear men and women of God prophesy over you a thousand times. But until you hear it from him and see it and begin to walk in it, it's just another church service. And I'm really tired of just another church service. There came a point where I had to recognize that God has called me to do something myself. That God has spoken for us to step out and to do this. And every step of the way we step out on nothing and he puts something there. And when there's nothing there, he puts something there. And there's nothing there and he puts something there. And it's not because we're special. And it's not because you're special. It's because all you did was hear him and say it. Hear him, say it. Hear him, say it. You, listen, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. You were created to expect, period. Most people don't even dream anymore. Most people don't even care anymore. Most people don't even try anymore because they have no expectation in life. They'll go into a church that's dead or there's no life in it and there's no expectation. It's just church. They'll, go, they'll be around people. There, there's no expectation. They, they, they'll spend their life around people who every time they say what God says, they'll tell them why it can't happen. Stop being around those people. Stop listening to those people. Start listening to the Holy Ghost. I had friends in my life that I told them, I'm called to ministry. I'm called to the ministry of the gospel. I'm called to preach. You're just a drummer in a rock band. You can't preach. I still can't preach, but I'm here. I can barely string a sentence together sometimes, but I'm here because it's not about me preaching. Because he said, I'll put you on a stage to preach sonship, not because I need to be on that stage, but because sonship needs to be preached. See, when we start realizing that it's really not about our ministry, it's about what we're sent to release, you're nothing more than a releaser of information. Children, best recorders of information, worst releasers. But the information gets out there. It might not get out there like you like it, but it gets out there. You're sitting in a restaurant, and a little girl hops up and says, and says something you just said about that guy. Best recorders, worst releasers. That doesn't mean that you didn't mean what you said. Doesn't mean that you wanted it to come out that way. It just means that sometimes we got to grow into wisdom. That's what church is for. See, we, we don't understand that this is a family. We've made this thing about such a growth of we want this many people. We want that. If we, if we just have 500 people, if, I had, if, I, if the Becoming Center had 2,000 partners, if, if this, if, we don't need the ifs. We need what he says. Because if he says it, it's all that matters. If he said to you, listen, please listen to what I'm about to say. This, Brother Copeland said this at the minister's conference one year, and it, it messed me up, and it's so true. If the Holy Spirit says to you that around your house, hummingbirds will fly backwards, and you tell somebody, or somebody tells me that, and I, no, that's not, how can, then I'm actually the one in doubt, not them. And there's so much pride there. Because although that sounds silly, the truth is, is God's going to tell you stuff unique to you that has nothing. God, God will tell you things that you need to hold in your heart. 
God will tell you things that you need to hold close. God will speak. My, my wife's favorite place to pray is in our, in our house, in our bedroom, in, in our bathroom on the side of the tub. If she's up there on the side of the tub, you better get out of there because she's praying heaven down. But that's where she gets nuggets in her heart that she doesn't share. I'll, I'll ask her, hey, what did the Lord say? That means there's something there she doesn't need to share yet. Because it's all seed. Are y'all with me? Everything. And I do mean everything. Matt Gober used to tell us this, and I, I didn't understand it until I got a little older. Every single thing is a seed. Every thought that you have will grow unless you deal with it. Every word that you say will come back to haunt you unless you deal with it. Everything that you put your eyes on will haunt you. This is a PC right here. This is the best. This is better than Apple. Because if you see it, you will remember it. And it will pop up while you're worshiping, and, and you'll think how awful you are. I say, I don't know. I can tell about how quiet y'all are. I've stood there worshiping before. Listen, I'm because I'm, I'll be honest, y'all won't. I, I've stood right here. I've stood right here worshiping and smell what we used to call a primo. It's pot and crack. It's what I used to do all the time. I'd smell it, and my body, I could feel, man. And then, and I just put. I'd be like, Lord. But that's my soul remembering something where you have to push past that and stay in worship. Well, if you were holy, Pastor, you wouldn't do that. Don't talk about my battles. Focus on yours. Because, no, you're not going to catch me in my office primoing. But the truth is the enemy is still the enemy, and he's always looking for something to try to get in. Always. And when you begin to eliminate all of the things that are coming at you by using your words the right way, putting yourself in the right position, then God can begin to clear out all of the junk that has had you and you can open up and let more things flow back in. You know why worship is important? I'm going to try to get this out real fast. You know why we call it praise and worship? Does anybody know? Don't, don't shout it out. It's called praise and worship because it's designed for you to come in, praise is designed to catch you where you are. You just got out of the car with the kids. Shut up. You know, that kind of stuff. You, you, your husband driving you crazy, whatever it is. You just, you just got out of the car from your house. You, you just, everything's here. You just went through Jack's drive-thru or wherever you go and somebody threw a cup at you. you you're here. That's praise. Praise catches you and brings you to worship. It catches you high. And it brings you to where you're supposed to be, where you can get focused. That's why, that's why it's designed that way. And if it's all concert, then it's, it's all, it all catches the senses and it never gets to the spirit. And we have to get to the place that when you're standing there in worship and whatever this amazing computer throws in your mind, your spirit is still attached. And you never cut off what he's talking to you about. You have to get to a place that when the enemy tells you you're just an ex-drug addict, as a matter of fact, I'm going to make you a drug addict again, you get to say, I'm the redeemed. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, I don't even exist. He exists around me, so bring it on. Because if you can't get there, you need to. Because it's really not about how bad you are. It's about how good he is. And when you, when you let people see Jesus... Christ in you, the, please listen, I know I'm going about 13 sermons right now. Christ in you, the hope of glory, we've turned that around the wrong way. We say, well, I, Christ in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. What that means is Christ in you, the hope that you would become in Christ. Because if it's just Jesus in your heart, he's small. 
But if you're in Jesus, he's big. Let me do that again. If, you, if it's just Jesus in your heart, then, then you've got a little dot. But if you're in Christ, you've put him on. If you learn to use the word and you put him on, when you say something that God has spoken to you that bears witness with the word, then the heavenlies, not the people around you think you're crazy, live with it. It's over. They already think you're crazy. But if you say what the Lord says his way, the heavenlies, the spirit realm has to hear God himself. And when, that, when God spoke to us and said, believe me for a house and you believe me debt free, we get to stand up and say, God's going to provide this. He's going to do this. And everybody around us thought we were nuts. They literally thought we needed loving counseling sessions. They did. And they should have because we sounded crazy. However, the spirit realm heard what God had already said. And once God says it, it becomes a declaration. When it becomes a day, de- let me tell you something. If God declared today that all of you would have seven ears, I'm going to enjoy watching them pop out because it's going to happen. If God says to you, listen, that you can have freedom, you have it. We all want freedom, amen? Well, the Bible says he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Now, how do you receive it? Well, first of all, you receive him. But secondly, you receive what he says about you. And the simplicity is this. No matter where you are, you're always here in God's eyes. God's calls you, calls, uh, called you to something amazing. Yeah, come on, praise team. It's fine. They're trying to wrap me up. They said, you don't preach 13 sermons, preacher, let's go. They're waiting on Applebee's to open. I'm just kidding. That's... <clears throat> I want to say one last thing, and then we're going, to, we're going to wrap this entire service up. Everything in that word is for you. Everything. Every promise. The Bible says that every promise is yes and amen. Well, God told me no. Well, did he tell you no, or did you ask the wrong question? See, a lot of times we're believing God for things he didn't talk to us about. We, we, we live a life where, where we want what we see somebody else have. But yet God calls us into places that it, it, it looks like, man, how are we going to do this? We don't have the money for this. We don't have, how, I don't have time for this. How can I do this? And yet all of a sudden you're moving into something you couldn't do before. But yet God's just blessing it like crazy. I'm watching this happen with this church, with the Becoming Center. I'm watching this happen with people around me. I'm watching this happen in my life where we, we, we just accept what he says and stop trying. Y'all, listen. Take it from all this gray and wrinkle. Stop trying to figure it out. I spent way too many years trying to figure this thing out. I've learned to just ride along and enjoy it. <laughs>